0: A lot of parenting kids teaches you how to reparent yourself. And and so I've I've been lucky to be gracious with myself.
1: Diswins Radio episode twelve hundred and nine starts in three, two <laughs> Real quick, before we dive into today's episode of the show, no sponsor today, but I do have an apology for you. A mea culpa, if you will. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but when I recorded today's interview, today's conversation, um, there was a little bit of some sort of tech glitch, audio glitch on on my side of the conversation. Uh, today's guest, the, the the audio from him, it's crystal clear. It's It's really good. Uh, and if I may be so bold you can you can be the judge of this you know in another hour or so. Um, the conversation was really, really good. Um, the problem was on my end and and I, I think I've got it figured out, but clearly I didn't know what was going on at the time. Um, and it's resulted in a little bit of almost like a stutter. It's not quite an echo, but it's it, it kind of is and it's sporadic. It's not necessarily all the way through I mean it's all the way through the the you know my side of the conversation, but it's not every word or anything like that. But there's, there's, you're going to notice it, is the moral of the story. And uh, I, I thought about and kind of played with the idea of trying to go through and re record some of those things. But I me, mean, you've listened to the show before, and, you know, between, it just, it would have sounded clunky if I would have done that, or it would sound like it would flow, but we would have these glitches if I didn't do something about it. So you can totally follow the conversation, everything, everything I say, I was, you know, other than the fact that it's my normal nonsense. So it doesn't make any sense, but you can at least follow my, my illogicalness in the conversation. Um, and apologies if it does take away from the listening experience a little bit, it might, it very well might. I recognize that. But like I said, to go back through and re-record everything and try to make the timing still line up and, and, um, It would have been a colossal undertaking, and I don't think it would have been an improvement on this. The the audio quality would have been better, but I still think the listening experience would have still been differently clunky, but equally clunky, if that makes sense, and if differently is a word. So hopefully you can get through my nonsense to really enjoy the conversation with the guests. Like I said, it's a good one. Uh, So thanks for for listening. Apologies in advance. Thank you for your forgiveness. And uh, now let's get on with today's episode of the show hey y'all my uh, guest today is someone that I feel like there's a, a nice mix of things that I can relate to with him, and uh, certainly a few a few areas where I have absolutely zero experience, which uh you know near as I can tell is a is a pretty good recipe for uh hopefully a very interesting conversation uh, among a few of his titles or or labels or whatever you might want to call it says the guy who speaks for a living and can 't come up with the right word uh, he's a cancer survivor he 's an author he 's battled addiction. He's dabbled in podcasting. Uh maybe most importantly, he's a father and a husband. He's also a runner. Uh so safe bet, you know, between between that list and maybe a few that uh we we haven't even mentioned in there. Uh no shortage of things to talk about today. So let's get the party started by officially welcoming Mr. Dustin Redasel to the show. Uh thanks for joining us today, Dustin. Really appreciate it.
0: Uh oh, Danny, it's a pleasure, man. I uh I know I told you off air, but you know, just for reference point for listeners. I came across your podcast when I was just a person training and looking for something to distract me while I was fresh to logging miles and uh and so it's cool to be here and Thank you for being gracious with your time, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, looking looking forward to it, and uh, thank you for thank you for those kind words, and, and uh, uh, looking to to, to see where today's episode takes us. But y'all, if you want to connect with Dustin, kind of find out more about what he's got going on, which he's got some, he's got some things going on, kind of fun to follow along as there journey continues. Um, Instagram is, is probably one of the best places on social media. A little, little dabble on X here and there, but probably Instagram is the better, better, but it's the same handle with places. And it's just a name, which we always appreciate. A simple, a simple handle. Handle. All oh, the spelling might be a bit complicated. We'll get you through it. At Atson on both both Instagram and X. And that's Just like you would think it was spelled D U S T I N Radeil R I I E D E S E L. Lots right. fun.
0: Lots of vowels.
1: There, lots of vowels. vowels. Some of them sound like like the right letter that they that they are. Some of them sound like maybe it should be a different letter. But but one way or the other, we get through we get through it through it. Aston Radazel on the social and the uh, book, uh, his new book, which is what we're certainly going to be talking about today, titled "Looks Like We're Running: An Amateur's com- Companion to Become a Marathoner." Uh, lot, lots of good stories, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get there. But of course, we'll have links for everything today: social media, book links, um, anything else we talk about that makes sense to link to. Link to industry for today's episode: slash slash nine. We'll get you get you there. runscom slash one two zero nine. So Dustin, the way we start off each, off each episode was with, uh, you know, what I think is a pretty simple question because it is it is a simple question. It's like seven words long. It's not too complicated. But sometimes the, times the answer is simple and straightforward. sometimes the answer is a little bit more convoluted. But one, one way or the, or the other, there's plenty of, of fodder to start, start the conversation. And it's just it's just to simply ask, what is your is your favorite to race and why?
0: Yeah, I think it'd be weird if I answered this question. I mean. The book's about marathons, <laughs> and if I said a different distance, it's like, well, actually, I just really love 5Ks. Uh, and the truth is, I do, right? Like, I'm probably best suited to a half marathon. I'm a big guy, 6'4", 215, uh, you know, I'll drop about 10, 15 pounds when I'm running a marathon, but it is tough to tackle 26.2 when you've got that much mass to carry. And, uh, and yet, the reason the marathon is my favorite, I've only done three, but I have found each successive experience with that distance to be something that has evolved me and changed me every time I've tackled it. It takes me up to a breaking point, and this is something I uh, another author I really admire, Matt Fitzgerald. Uh, anybody who's done a lot of running has probably come across this stuff. 80-20 running uh, was a big one for me when I got into training. But he wrote a book called Iron War about the early days of the Ironman. And uh, it towards the back of it, you know, I'm not going to be able to quote this whole paragraph he wrote. But the essence of it, I was like, that is exactly what I get out of a marathon. And it's this. It's that... When you really push yourself to your limits, and a 26.2 pushes me, for a period of time, life really only boils down to like two things. And that is, am I going to be the person who keeps going, or am I going to be the person who quits? Everything else gets stripped away, not your job, like even your kids. uh, And you just have to choose minute over minute, mile over mile, that I am going to be the person who persists I'm going to push through. And for me, when I get to the end of marathons, like those last six miles, I'm like, my body's trying to shut down and it is the most grueling thing I've done with my life. And yet I have always finished and it helped me build a relationship with myself so that I was proud of my ability to endure. And, it's been amazing how that has translated to every other aspect of life I needed, like how to know that I had the confidence to be a father, how to take on complex projects at work. Everything seems to kind of shrink down in terms of its its I don't know, the the amount of intimidation it gives me. And so for that, I think the marathon for me is irreplaceable. And uh and I'll always love it the most. And it's what I look forward to building up to in any given year.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's a whole, the whole thing, the the marathon. And, and um, you know, I, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit to myself when you were talking about, you know, kind of the, the, that last, last six miles, miles, that last K. Um, and I'm sure you've heard this, this, this adage by now you've done three marathons. You've been, you've been around this long enough to probably stumble across saw somebody that's something along the lines of like the point of the marathon is, is 20 miles. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. because,
1: because, because, you know, obviously we can do, do math here and and know that, but that mathematics, maybe it's not quite the halfway, halfway, not even, you know, be closer to the the three quarter pull, But, uh, yeah, that, that final, that final 10 K is just, I mean, it's so hard to explain somebody who's never run it, how challenging that last (laughs) six miles is, um, because I his, remember go ahead go ahead, go
0: ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I remember going into my first marathon, my first marathon was Chicago. I raised a bunch of money and for uh leukemia and lymphoma Society, and put us up in a hotel It was an awesome experience, but I'm going into it, and there was one person I knew who at the time i mean maybe to this day was the best marathoner I knew personally uh and she had i think her uh her p r was like two forty five in berlin ooh, and ooh. uh Yeah, I mean, she was just excellent at it. And she, of course, is filled with all this optimism for what my experience is going to be. And she's like, there's something I like to do. I write on my arm before the race six names of the six people I really care about the most. And when I get there, I stop thinking about myself and I just dedicate each mile to that person. And I focus on them and I know I'm not going to let them down. And so I go into the race and be like, this is a great idea. But for me, when I got to those last six miles for the first time, it was just like, man, I have really let these people down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about a back, a, a, a great gesture or a great, a great, a great ought in theory that uh, maybe didn't, didn't, uh, did backfire just a little bit because yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. And I mean, I mean, shoot, and I'm sure we'll get in we'll get into this some of it as we go, but, um, for me at least that that last 10k it, it it takes me several reps i don't know that i've still completely cracked it but but i feel like maybe i've i've, I've started to kind of get it to a point where you know i get mile 20 and like I'm like i tired and like and like ready for the race to be over but, but like i don't feel like things, things are falling apart anymore it's not like a, oh i did it once and next time is better better like it takes some some serious reps and of course but that type of distance, you're not getting those, getting those every Saturday. Just going out and running. I'm not running run 26 miles every weekend. So, so it's like you know, once yeah. or twice, a, twice a year, you go out and and like, oh shoot, we gotta gotta figure this out again. We're at mile 20 now. What's what's gonna happen?
0: Well, if I can ask, how many uh, how many marathons have you run, Danny?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, so I, 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 here's why I hate the question because yeah. I, I hate the question, but I but I struggle to answer the question. Uh, I've run ten I've run marathons in ten states. So there's ten d c yeah. is eleven because geography means Dean's DC is not a, um, um, three or three or four phones in Florida c- c- several days and another one in Florida when I live there so whatever that, whatever that is puts me up to fifteen official race uh, um, but I had a year where I had a goal of running a marathon every month um mm-hmm. and they didn't necessarily have to be races so I, I ran what i called i called shagels marathons like several of those months where i just just you know go out the front door and make sure i didn't get back until i was 26 two miles deep deep um and i've done that, i've done that a few times training for like ultras and things like that so i i don't like i don't remember i maybe i've tried to block some of those out like i like, <laughs> done 10 of those have i done eight of those i was I'm not in t- somewhere in the 25 to 30 range and then if, if you throw in a couple, couple of 50k and a 45 miler you've gone beyond beyond 26 times but but so enough times that i have some experience with i guess but only like really racing hard probably like five or eight because not even every every one of those race the official races specifically racing really hard uh uh, so it's a loaded it's 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 not an easy number to just to just rattle one because there's a lot a lot of right
0: Right. No, and the only reason i'm asking like i i have found every successive race to be a wholly unique experience it's like of course they're the same in structure but like, I am a different person by time I get there. And one of the things I like about something that really taps your reserves is, you know, I, I forget where I heard this, but uh, somebody said the first third of the race is physical. The second third of the race is physical and emotion- and mental. So you, and I feel that like my brain starts chirping at me, like telling me things are hurting and the last third of the race is physical, mental, and emotional, and you really do like. I, I get like crazy, like dad vibes going, like montages of my kids and things they're gonna think of me, and like I find myself like wholly used up by the end of them, and I, I guess I'm kind of wondering if I'm going to continue to push this distance. Which you know, I'm signing up for. I got another one on the docket, Mm -hmm. so apparently I am continuing (laughs) to do it. Uh, I I just wonder, is like, will I hit a point of breakthrough? Because everyone seems to just take it all out of me, and I kind of like what you mentioned there. Like, have some ones where it doesn't. You don't put the weight of the world on your shoulders about the performance. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a good idea, and I could use a couple of those.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a different. It's a different, it's a different dynamically um, because some, sometimes it's, it's especially when, you, when you're trained for this race that, you know, you like, you're not necessarily PR in, in, be a lot easier to, to maybe slack off a little bit, a little bit, like, especially for, for me, like artists, the, the hardest run for me are like 17, 20 miles um, yeah. because typically I do my long runs solo. Uh, um, and even, even when I've had times where I've, where I've run with other people, it's just, it's just like that 17 to 20, it's just, it's long. But then you're like, well, shit, it wasn't, it wasn't marathon. Like it wasn't, it, you know, you don't get yeah. you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like some, some level, level of personal pride or, or, or ego or whatever. That's like, well, at least if I 26.2, it's like, yeah, there was another marathon. I I, I ticked another box there, but, but 20 is like, well, you know, you, you know, you almost got, it. and, and obviously that scales up and down and I don't mean to sound be runner snob on that, but it's just, it's just, those ones are the toughest ones ones for me mentally. Uh, to, to put push through. And it's, again, especially, or maybe not especially, but especially, but, um, slightly more so when I know that this is what I'm training for, for is, is like, you know, I want to run halfway decent, but I, but I also know that, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's, whether it's schedule logistics or, or terrain, if it's for Hilly course, I'm like, well, I'm not, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to PR, why am I going to kill myself for a Hilly race? Right. When I know I'm going to be going to be f- off my PR anyway. Like, like I might as well just cruise it and have fun, fun. Um, but part of part of cruising it in heaven is making sure that you were trained well enough beforehand that you can still not be on death's door from mile 20 to, to mile 26 6.2. Um, um, it's, it's 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 interested to hear in the future, whether it's the next race or more down the line when you do a marathon for more of a, of a let's just fun. Maybe it's to support somebody else. Somebody else is the first time. Like, Hey, let's run it in five hours. And you're like, cool, cool. Let's run it in five hours. And, and how that maybe changes, changes your perspective. If it changes your, your perspective, it shows, you a, it shows you a different, a different angle, angle on, you know, 26.2.
0: Well, you mentioned two things there that like, so, you know, I, I, a lot of people would probably say me writing a book about running after only three marathons. It's like, well, this is pretty early. But I think that the the type of people I really enjoy engaging with, and I've seen it in my friends, and like in the past couple of years, I've had probably five or six friends who have run their first marathon. And, and, and other people run their first half. Like they can see the effect it's had on my life, and they start making changes. And that has been hugely gratifying. I find it incredibly enriching. And I think that's part of what went into the book is like it – it doesn't always stick with people when you read like Meb Kofleski's autobiography that's like, oh yeah, I could go do this. It sounds impossible. But you mentioned that sliding scale and how all the like well this seventeen twenty miles just doesn't feel like it used to feel. And I've said that to tons of people about 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. I remember what an odd revelation it was to have a half marathon scheduled toward the back end of a marathon build and be like, thank God I only have a half marathon this weekend. <laughs> and I thought I'd like, if you had told me that six years ago that I could feel that way about a half marathon distance, I'd have thought you were a lunatic. And I think the uh, the other thing that's interesting that You know, you you kind of said tangentially there was that because you know that you're constantly running, that this is just like part of your life, not every run has to be live or die. That was the second revelation about like getting steady runs is to realize like, hey, good things require hard days. And sometimes it's going to go badly. And I can have grace on a bad day because the thing I know isn't going to happen after a bad day is I know I'm not going to quit. I know it's not over. And so I can show up and make up for that bad day. I'm reading, uh, Adam Grant's book, hidden potential and (laughs) probably bad form to like mention a much better author than me (laughs) on a podcast. I'm talking about my book, but I highly recommend it. It's awesome. And one of the things he talks about, uh, is how often you just need to to fail and have the reps and that it's not about like maximizing your potential is not about reaching ultimate peaks. It's about how far did I travel from A to B? And for a lot of people who are just starting out running, I love telling them like, hey, if you can put together – It doesn't even need to be like 90 straight days, but like 90 days, four times a week. And you're going to feel so amazing when you realize you can run three miles consistently and it feels like nothing. And uh, I think that's an incredible gift to people who are just getting started because to your point, once you realize that, you realize all it is is just a matter of time before that 17 to 20 is just another run you do. And the the discovery that time and consistency makes you invincible is like just an incredible lesson for life. And it's one of my favorite things about running. And I think it's the main reason I wanted to write the book is like I felt like I had I had come across such a significant discovery about myself that I would have felt. I don't know, not ethically irresponsible. That's wrong. But like, I love to write, and so like, this is the best thing I have to write about right now. Let me let me make a good story out of it and share it with people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it is a good good story. Um, and and, and again, looking forward to digging into a little to a little bit more of it. But um, before we before we get too 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 close to present or too 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 much too much, in, let's go let's go back, let's go back time a little bit. Um, maybe it's I don't know how how far back in time it is. I I remember the exact details, but um. You know, you, you said you you mentioned a couple of times you've done three marathons. Um, one of them was kind of you know you know in the epilogue of the book. One of one of them was kind of to the, the book, and then, and then Chicago was marathon. That was kind of the in the, in the beginning, or you know, the, the, yep. I guess probably technically before the before the book ish, if you, if you want to follow follow the timeline a little bit. Um, how long has running been been part of your your gig, Dustin? I know I know again in in, yeah. in the book, athlete growing up and playing f- football and ball sports and things things like. Uh, but, where, um, but where did like, running, running really come into
0: the Yeah, r- running, running didn't really start. My first half marathon was 2018, and that's the first thing I ever trained for. Okay. Uh, th- I was six months out of chemotherapy when I ran that race. And so I basically wrapped up chemo and tried to get out on the road. And I couldn't even have told you why. I guess it was just a confluence of events, the fact that like running was really hard, that I like every single person who ever started running I hated it before <laughs> I did it and I just had like a sense that if I could if I could get this thing down and I could I could rebuild myself through something that I found difficult that I would have kind of conquered rediscovering myself after a significant life trauma which was leukemia and 10 months of chemo Uh, and so that's where I picked it up and I thought I would just hang with it and keep going, but I picked up a lot of other bad habits during chemo too. I, I, I basically drank heavily my entire twenties, but during chemo, I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have any structure in my life and I was just getting drunk almost every day. So you combine that bad habit with somebody who's like, "Oh, I have a second chance at life." And now I'm burning the candles at both ends. I am both getting drunk at night and waking up early to run, and I'm just burning myself out. And uh it's kind of like the you know, the spiritual version of running at too high intensity for too long. I I get a DUI. Um, my wife draws a hard line in the sand. We'd only been married at like six for six months at this point, which is like, this is not what you signed up for. Like, you know, somebody who's an alcoholic and now bringing legal trouble in when we're trying to have a kid. Uh, so it was a lot. So she drew a hard line in the sand, and I went to rehab for thirty days, yeah. and that kind of put a a, an abrupt stop to my training. But it also is the very best thing that ever could have happened to my life as a runner to remove some of the self-imposed obstacles. I mean, even if you wanted to be, you know, as clinical as like, well, nutrition and sleep and those things were not dialed in. But when you're not, being the person you want to be. I do think that that makes any people have trouble with motivation. It is very difficult to wake up and run every day, which I saw as an optimized version of myself when the night before I'm being a, a severely unoptimized version of myself. So I spent 30 days in rehab and I say this every opportunity I get if you're out there and you have the opportunity to take 30 days to focus on the most obvious obstacle in your life, it can be your marriage. It can be an addiction. Uh, you know, I had a boss recently who just went to a, uh, I mean, I a camp for his food addiction and he spent it like a rehab for that. And he's lost a ton of weight and feels so much better and has a ton of energy that he was lacking before. And, anybody who can do that it is the greatest gift you could possibly give yourself and that time there it gave me tools it gave me insight and perspective that you know as um as my wife is picking me up on the last day i won't put too much detail in this story i obviously go into it a lot more in the book but we thought she had miscarried while i was in rehab She had called me and told me about it. It was heartbreaking, but like, I was just sick of being in the place, right? The only thing I really enjoyed is they would let me out to run on the beach in the mornings before we got into like eight hours of grueling, intensive, here's what's wrong with you. How do we fix it work? So I was ready to leave. She shows up and picks me up. And I think it's going to be like, you know, sorrowful. And here's this one more thing we have to deal with. But instead I get in the car, she gives me a hug so happy to see me, and she unrolls a you know, one of the strips of sonogram photos, and I see my son for the first time ever. And it couldn't have been a a clearer sign that like you've been through a lot of crap. And now is the time to buckle down and see what you're made of. And within two weeks, I was signed up for the Chicago Marathon because I hadn't run a lot at that point, but I had run enough to sense the fact that more than anything else, running teaches you what you're made of. For the same reasons that I mentioned the marathon is my favorite race, you are forced to confront your own commitment to your cause. And what the cause is can be abstract, but once you realize that you can stay committed to a cause that you have intentionally chosen, the burden of that choice no longer feels as heavy as it was. You learn how to accept it, how to shoulder it, and, and even more so probably how to enjoy it. Uh, real quick, and then I'll, I'll wrap the story. My, one of my favorite uh, philosophical perspectives is from Albert Camus. And he tells the story of Sisyphus, who was the king who stole fire from the gods and then was cursed to roll the boulder up the hill for eternity, never reaching the top. And Camus says that this is exactly what human life is, but you have to imagine Sisyphus happy. He loves rolling the boulder up the hill. And I think that's probably as much as anything like what running has taught me is that the burden voluntarily chosen ceases to become a burden at all. And it just becomes something that you you realize isn't a burden. It's the thing that makes you strong. And it's the thing that makes you proud of yourself. And so with, with all that kind of in the background, I hadn't discovered it yet. It was like something I could kind of feel. This is why I need to run. I got into... uh into building up towards Chicago the the following year in 2019. And uh, I mean, it was a suffer fest, those last eight miles. <laughs> I crossed the line in something like 424, if memory serves. But I mean, before they put the medal around my neck, I'm texting my wife, worth it. Like I knew instantly that this had, had steeled my resolve about the person I needed to become. And Look, I haven't been I haven't been perfect since that time, but you know I've I've only drank a handful of times since then, and that has gotten better and better every year. Uh, the I've gotten promoted in work a couple times since then, the book came together since then, and I don't think these things are coincidental. It's not like oh, this was just the time in my life that these were going to happen. It is a direct result of the fact that I chose to do something hard. I didn't give up on it and realized I could do that same thing and everything else. So that was the big inflection point in my life. And I guess the only thing I'd add to be a little self-deprecating about it all is if you listen to this, 31, 32 years old is way too late to start pulling it all together. I, a lot of squandered years in there, but I'm just I'm just so delighted with you know the the tenor of life since then that it's like it's hard for me not to talk about it. I love sharing that.
1: Well, and and you know to pull it together together, but isn't it the Chinese? proverb or, or some some proverb of you know the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago and the second best time is to, is today. So like Dude. sure if you could have you could have pulled it together twenty like, that would have been fantastic, but you could have also <laughs> waited until you're forty five to pull it together and that would you know what that, that, that gap of, of, of fourteen years would have been more, more even more lime. So
0: Dude, you I, pull it together when
1: you pull it together and you move forward from there.
0: I swear that image like sits in my head almost on a daily basis. You could even hear me say it was like oh, I'm just kind of a new runner, you know, three years is that it's like I see my little sapling of a tree. <laughs> and and yet here's this, since we're kind of bordering on this like metaphorical allegory for all things, uh I I heard this idea from a guy. Uh, his name is Joe Rinaldi, and he's actually he knows he is going blind. He's losing his sight slowly over time, and yet he's like taken that what it is, he's created this thing called Project Endure and he like tries to make the most of it, right? And so he has this phrase, he says, planted, not buried. And this is why I like the planted tree thing sits in my head, because, you know, as an image, those two things are exactly the same. You take something, you put it in the ground, you cover it in dirt, but if it's dead, that's the end of the story. Nothing else happens. But if it's planted, then what you've done is you've taken all the, sorry, I'm about to, to cuss yeah. you've taken all the crap, <laughs> I'll leave it at that you've taken all the crap that you're buried under, and you've turned it into fertilizer to grow into the person you're meant to become, right, and so it's like yeah my my tree might be a a sapling or like I don't know maybe it's it's got a little maturity to it if I can find the courage to say that, but it's growing, and it's only growing because I realize that those things. That unfortunate circumstance did not need to be the end of the story. And, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to the people around me who filled me with hope and bravery in tough times. But I think if, if anyone can harness that, no matter what their, you know, their stage in life, to your point, the best time, second best time is right now. And you'll be really glad that you... You planted the tree.
1: Right, right. Yeah, because it's so easy to look back and go, well, if I only would have started sooner, but, you know, if you, if you would have started, you wouldn't be where you are right now. So it's, you know, you, you start when you start, and then you, you go you go from there. Yeah. Um,
0: at some point, you realize the regret doesn't serve you.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> so you remember that. You might rec- for me at least, you recognize, recognize it, and then, you know... So you're like, God, God if, if only X X Z, X, Y, Z didn't happen, didn't happen ever.
0: Oh, I'll never stop kicking remind, myself. Yeah, that's like right. that's just the, that's just the nature of life. But I think, I think what has happened more than anything else, like, yeah, of course, when you have real failures, you'll always wish that you hadn't done those things. You, cause you remember the pain you cause people, mm-hmm. but the, the cool thing about the past, like this is Ernest Hemingway, right? The past is never, the past is never dead. It's not even the past. Like every time you do something that causes you to remember that moment, you are recasting the story of what that moment was in your life. And if you can continue on an upward trajectory, weirdly those worst moments become moments of real pride because you know that you dug yourself out of the hole. And you it, it's not dissimilar than like a tough race where it could have really gone bad. So my favorite race of all time for me is my San Antonio marathon, my last marathon. In some ways it is the most heartbreaking. <laughs> so I, I had trained for this thing. And it was the first time I felt like I put together a complete solid training block. I had multiple 50 plus mile weeks under my belt. I didn't suffer any injury through the whole thing. Had a good lifting routine. Maybe I finally understood hydration. Maybe, <laughs> and I'm in it, and yet still at around mile sixteen, I feel like the little the little pulse in my leg. I know a cramp is coming, and so I try to slow down, manage the the workload, and I just I, I figured like, hey, damn the torpedoes! I take every piece of salt and fuel I have on me. It's like it is gonna get in the system and it is we're either gonna hold these cramps off or we're not. And I just meter my pace out over the next three to four miles so that when I get to mile twenty, I am at a nine oh nine average. And for those who don't know
1: on four hours.
0: Dead on four hours. So that was my goal. I want to break four hours. And I'm I'm dead on and it's like okay if I can run these last six point two as fast as I ran these first 20, I'm going to do it. And this is it. And, uh, I grind out those next six miles. I try to pace it. I'm a little too slow. The first one, a little too fast. The second one, I hit a cramp in like mile three or four of those last six. And I give myself a 10 count to stretch it out. And just like pull it together, man. It is a, It's a mental war. Mm-hmm. And with one mile left, I'm at my average pace on my watch is 9:11 so like i do the math real quick like what's it take to decrease 2 seconds like about a minute like if i can run this in 8 minutes i can do it and i i know for a fact i gave it my all and i think that's what makes me really proud of it like i i did my best to solve it i took some bad beats but like i really poured it all in and i run that last mile in 8:01 I don't know what the point 2 was, but I was I was trying to haul the mm-hmm. same pace all the way through it. And I crossed the finish line and when I finally scanned my official time, 4 hours 36 seconds. Which is I, even today I have a hard time like wrapping my head around it. But I think the I think the knowledge that I ran the race well and that I did not quit, that I yeah. When confronted with like a really difficult obstacle, I mentally solved it, I didn't emotionally checked out, and I physically poured myself into it. And sorry to ramble, Danny, but this last thing. The as a guy who's laid on his deathbed, uh I I get fairly obsessed with like those last fifteen seconds before I die. Like how am I gonna feel? And I think, I think about Kobe Bryant in the helicopter all the time. Like he knew he was going down. His daughter was there. Was he able to like face that moment with a full heart? And I think there's three questions that life kind of boils down to. It's like, did I try my best? Did I make wise decisions? And did I treat others well? You know, strong, smart, kind. And I think the race, because it it is that three-pronged thing, like it's a physical, mental, emotional challenge, I think it does a great job of teaching you all those aspects of how to like stay engaged and pull them all together. And so San Antonio was the first time. It's like, you know, I didn't hit that race time. I didn't hit my A goal, but it's the best I ever ran it. And at no point did I despair. And And so that... <laughs> I probably could have just said this straight up at the front, but that's why the marathon's my favorite, man. And mm-hmm. and to feel that assuredness that I can summon that version of myself is just so comforting. Yeah,
1: yeah and it's 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 crazy to me. And I have a similar story. I want everybody with it, but it but it, a marathon goal where I where I wanted to go under one forty five, and I and I was one forty five like 04 or 05. I mean, right right there. Gosh. Um, but but the point being that I want to say want to say I've gotten over it, and I have. And I've missed it that time since then. Then, but like like I would tell myself I was if I was there was still you know, when, it, when the story would be, get told, somebody asked what's your, what's your half marathon pr or whatever would come up. There was that little bit, of, little bit of like, I mean, I ran a great race. I ran, it was kind of those almost where I, I, like the a goal was was kind of kind of made up on I because I was like, damn, I was like, damn, I'm, oh, like like things are going well. Like let's let's push it a little yeah. bit harder and see what happens. And so you set 145, and I mean you come up just close. And then for for me, it was always always well, you, know, you stuck It was stu- it was day. So you, you stop. You stopped water over your head one time. If you would have just done that while you were running, running, like literally to pour water over my head, if I would have just d- poured d- poured the water. I was running that probably would have been the five seconds right there. And yeah. I would have been, been one And so you just start like like, for me at least not that I was, that I was self up, but it was always, it was always, you know, go back to regret a little bit, or just kind of mm-hmm. that second guessing that what if, what about is but if I would never think to, to, to poke holes in your story or anybody else who misses their BQ by three seconds or misses their, their time goal by a minute, minute or two, even you know? like, because, because there's so many things that happen, but Um, I I guess the point that I'm trying to get back to is, you know, you talk about, you know, the the, the kindness piece Mm. and, and especially having cuss for yourself, because it'd be easy to, to have kind, extend that kindness to others. Or at least it's easy for me to extend that kindness to others. Yeah. Um, but trying to hold myself, myself like perfect stand, standard, know that I'm human and I'm not going to be perfect. And there's always going to be, even on a day that I crush a PR, it's like, oh shit, I could, I could have taken off two, two more since here. I cut, I could have, uh, it's never good for good. And so I, I, I just, I love that idea of, of, of having that kindness and, and how it ties into the, the physical, physical, mental, emotional, of the marathon, marathon, or just anything in life that you want to tie those things into. Yeah. It's like, give, give the kindness, give grace to yourself that you'd give to somebody else. And, 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 Kind of almost wanted to want to think about, wouldn't the world be a, much, be a much better place and gave ourselves as much grace as we might give to other pe- people sometimes?
0: Dude, we, we we all need it. That's a fact. I, you know, I was gifted this perspective a little bit. Uh, the fastest runner I've ever known is a guy named Sandy Roberts. Uh, he lives here in Raleigh, started a nonprofit called Sir Walter Running, and he puts on an event every year called Sir Walter Myler. And every year, almost the... North Carolina state record for the mile is reset. So it's a really cool thing. Uh, he got into it because he was a great runner in his youth, like a prodigy and, you know, ends up on like a full contract at Georgetown uh, wow. to run cross country, full contract, full, what do they call that? Uh, oh, shit, that's it. it. You're with it. You're with it. <laughs> and in uh, any like as he gets older, He's like, man, I I would really love to break the four-minute mile. He tries for years, and the fastest he ever ran it was four minutes, one second, and like point whatever. Mm -hmm. And one second. (laughs) And he just couldn't shave it no matter how hard he tried. And nobody is looking at that guy and being like, what a loser. What a failure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like the 600 people who have broken 4 minutes, <laughs> but like, and yet, I'm I'm just by chance happened to be seated next to him at a wedding, and I'm training for Chicago, my first marathon. And of course, I'm embarrassed. Like I'm acting like I'm a runner here. And I'm sitting next to this mm-hmm. guy, and so I'm making like self deprecating jokes about it, and he doesn't even crack a smile, doesn't doesn't feed into me at all, and says anyone who goes out and experiences the pain of the road is a runner mm-hmm. and still i would talk to him later and i could tell he would he had trouble forgiving himself for not getting that 4 minute mark and he'll talk about it openly like he's he's had to go through a lot of like mental reps to be at peace with it uh and i was like you know what I admire the hell out of this guy and what he's able to do like on the road, on a track. And I would never judge him. And the fact that like my, he heard about my, my I think he asked me like what my weekly mileage was like leading up to this marathon. I was at like 24 miles a week and he knew, right? He's like, dude, you got so far to go. And, And yet he didn't, he didn't belittle it. And I was like, that is, that is exactly the way to be. And, I guess I'm lucky that kids came into the picture around the same time that I started training for marathons because you know, it, a lot of parenting kids teaches you how to reparent yourself. And, and so I've, I've been lucky to be gracious with myself. And at times I probably could be a little bit harder on myself to make sure I'm like hitting those speed days harder, you know? But, but I, did, I never want to create an enemy out of running and so i forgive myself the hard days
1: that's that's probably good i think that it uh, uh, and maybe this is one of those like i like i say it so hopefully i will hear hear it because it'd be a lesson that i know. the <laughs> but like you know if fish comes to shove probably better to, to err on the si- side of too much grace than not enough and, and too and too much and too much forgiveness especially of oneself but maybe you know maybe even um to the broader sense of the broader world like yeah. Wars don't usually get fought because we're too nice to each other. Oh. You know, that that type of thing.
0: No, a hundred percent. I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? I named the book an amateur's companion and I did that very intentionally. Like I'm not an expert and I'm not a guide. I'm just somebody who's out here trying to figure it out just like most people are because the thing that becomes abundantly clear at some point for almost everybody is life is an amateur event. I'm a first time dad. I'm a first time runner. I'm a first time everything. And like, even the things I get really good at, like, I don't know how far the finish line is. Like, I hope that I am writing books for the rest of my life. I love it. It enriches me to the, the ultimate degree. And, I have no idea how good I can get, I have no idea what topics I'm going to cover, and so I, I'll probably always feel like an amateur. Like, that's kind of the magic of it, it is It is a tool for self-discovery. And I think to your point about the mileage too, like, you have to know that even if you're somebody who's running, like yeah, 16 miles is just a it's just a long run day, no sweat. You know, there's guys out there that run 40 mile days and it's just like right. long, long workout of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're all just kind of figuring out what works best for our scenario and the things we need to get out of life. There's a chapter in the book called The Goal of Success and a thing I really try to emphasize there and I, it's like it's early. It's like chapter two or three because what everybody needs to understand when they get into something audacious like a marathon is there is only one version of success we all face it and that's peace of mind and if through this journey you can find peace of mind it's the greatest gift you can give yourself so what it, it doesn't make sense to like hey i've never run a marathon before 3 hour goal like that's going to be that's going to be hugely daunting you know but like you try to find the tension in that, like what is something that will push me, but not crush me. And if you can dial that in correctly and pursue it doggedly, like, look, I still haven't hit it three attempts. I have not run it under four hours. And yet I have, I have an abundance of peace of mind compared to where I was at seven years ago. And so I, I would encourage anybody who's getting into it or even, like beating themselves up about where they're at currently is like, take a step back We're it's almost 2024, right? You're talking about this now. People are reassessing what are my running goals for next year? Take a step back, like be honest with yourself and find the line that will, will grant you the most peace of mind and, and like refine the joy. That's another thing in Adam Grant's hidden potential book the people who can turn their work into play so that it is a joy to go out there every day. They always, the research is, is very clear. They always make more strides than the people who just are like diligent workers. There's a a phrase, uh, the man who loves walking will travel further than the man who loves the destination. And, you know, so even though I would love to run a faster marathon and I believe I will uh, I'll never make an enemy out of running. It's given me too much and and so that's that's where a lot of that self forgiveness comes from that grace comes from
1: i i I love Spective. um before we before we run out of time time and, and uh, I don't want to take take up too much of your today but but we mentioned the book several times um, where did that? I I had written a book or two prior to that but but when did the of like let's 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 tell my my story through the the lens of training for a marathon uh hmm. idea kind of come from
0: Yeah I uh I wanted to run a second marathon because my wife had running a marathon on her bucket list hmm. She had just had our second child and it seemed simultaneously a good way to like well I'll get back in shape and I'll reclaim my identity probably not dissimilar than like how I felt like I needed to run one after cancer, right? Like you've been through this serious physical trauma. And so, uh, I, I sign up with her to be supportive. Um, and because, you know, (laughs) I I felt like I had some unfinished business out there Mm -hmm. and in the process of like getting my mind around what I was about to embark upon, I got back into some of, like, my old training plans for Chicago, uh, some things I had written while I was while I was gearing up for that, and I was like, eh, you know, I just need to make more sense of this. And so I started to write an essay for myself about, like, the Chicago Marathon and what it meant for me. I wanted to kind of, like, define my why about this next thing I was embarking on you know, when you're early on into these big lifts, you know that, and I'd done it once, I knew that it would be grueling, that I would really have to like be committed. And as I was writing that, and I'm also running the initial miles in my training weeks, I found myself, it was like, well, I want to detail out some things about what I've learned with the running shoes and like what I should do with running shoes. And now I want to detail. And I was like, "Okay, well this seems kind of like I've got a lot of stuff I'm interested in writing about." And I would say probably about probably about four what's about four chapters into the book of just like writing stuff down and it looked different, right? You're in these first drafts. I was like, "You know what? This is a very obvious structure. 20 weeks, 20 chapters, like there's an obvious narrative arc. I can like I can take memory leaps to the the pivotal points to create, you know, my, uh, my nadirs and my, my climaxes. And I like, I, I see how all this could fit cleanly together and because it was nonfiction because I'm just writing about what's happening to me, it was incredibly easy to write. Like I, I had stories, I had some jokes, like we can do this. And, uh, and so it just came about very naturally in that way. And it probably wasn't I've I mean, I finished it right around the time, probably a month after I would finished the Disney marathon that I've been training for. It only took me about five months to write about the same time as my training block. Uh, and then it was just polishing it, getting it right, um, getting some copy editing help. and uh, And so it just like came about naturally. And for me, I guess this is the underlying thing. I believe that you learn things from finishing things. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to know what a marathon is, you need to do a training block and you need to run it. All the academia in the world will not prepare you for that experience. You got to, you got to finish one to, to understand it. And I think that's true for a lot of things. And so I was like, I, I have other book ideas in mind. Like I have, I love to write, as i mentioned and i need to finish a book and if this is what i'm doing now and i also want the lesson of everything that finishing a complete story that i'm proud of will teach me like let me let me write this whole book it serves two purposes i'm going to really appreciate this thing i'm into and i'm hopefully going to have like a complete thing that teaches me something about the tool i use for my mental development and if it's good which i'm now at a point where i can proudly say like I think this thing is really good. Uh, You know, it can, it can get out there and help me perhaps if I'm lucky, enrich a few other people. And so it just, those three things, they kind of hit back to that, that trio we talked about. It's like, it enriches my physical experience with the running. It enriches my mental experience with the writing and it enriches my emotional experience by engaging others about this thing that I think is really useful, and so for me, that's like a that's a one-two-three winner. On I will never regret this, and I will probably be proud of it.
1: Yeah, you should be, should be proud. It's it's really well done. Um, you also read the audio of the book. Um, I, I haven't taken that, that leap yet. Uh, I I keep telling myself that one of these days, days I'm gonna read my, read my book and you know, put it up on Audible or whatever. Um, but everything I've heard from from authors that have read read their books, and and you know every experience is unique. Is unique, but it's always it it often seems like it's a real challenge. Like even though you wrote the, you wrote the book, you probably read it half of a dozen times. But reading it out loud, yeah. loud recording it is is a challenge. Challenge. of a a struggle was that, or was it a struggle? How, how did you enjoy the, the narrative of your own book process?
0: It's a little grueling. I mean, by the time you get to the point that you're reading it out loud, like you're sick of yourself, right? (laughs) It's like, I've been over this thing so many times and, uh, you know, the, the one thing you, you would be great at is if you feel it, when you say it, they feel it when they hear it. Right. Mm. And, you know I was talking to you about this before the show, but like you got a good voice for this, like your your passion comes across very clearly, and so that was the the toughest thing is when you're tired, and like for me, I'm recording in a coat closet that I've built to like have sound dampening, and uh well, I didn't build the coat closet, but I've outfitted it, and uh and I'm doing it typically when people it's late and people are asleep. And I'm tired at the end of the day. And it's just like, dude, you got to bring it. <laughs> you got to. It needs to sound like you are there. You're reliving it. And then you stumble and you have to edit the whole thing and clean it up. And at the end of the day, I so it feels grueling when you're in it just because like, man, did I do this well? And at the end of it all, uh. I was I was so surprised the first time I. I downloaded it off of, I think the first one was Audible. And I started to play it in the car with my wife. I was like, dang, this sounds like a real book. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So even that process, though difficult, I've been I've been thrilled with. And the amazing thing, too, maybe it's because it's running and this is just what runners do. Like that meme going around right now. We're runners. We listen to audiobooks. Uh, the audiobook is is most of the sales like it's that's where that's where it lands. So I'm glad I did it.
1: Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you did it. And, and it, I always enjoy a, a book read by the, by the author just because it just, it just feels like it's more, I don't know, a little more personal. You get, you get a little bit more of, 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 you know, even if it's just literally rereading the exact same words, There's just, there's just, there's just something to it that I, that, that I appreciate. And, and to your point, you did a, a very good job. So once it, so once it looks like we're run, running as the title, amateurs, computers competing to begin a marathon earner. Uh, get out. Print version, version, digital version, version audio version, all of our versions. <laughs> uh, get yourself yourself a copy. Uh, one last question for you, Dustin. If we have a couple have a couple minutes, I know we're yeah, yeah. kind of up to, to the, uh, the limit that I'd I, that I be at and maybe plowing through that. Speed. But uh, one philosophical question to get, get you out the door today. And uh, a little bit of a different spin spin on a question I ask every once in a while because I feel like we've talked – at least, maybe not specifically right to it, but we've we've danced around some things that running running has taught you about yourself over the last over the last you know handful of years that you've been kind of in the sport, coming out of 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 cancer treatment, jumping into your first race, and and you know to where we are today. Um, but I'd be if there's things you've learned about others, you know, strangers mm. in community. I feel like the running community is a pretty darn good community community to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, but what if, what you if think, or a couple of things, has running taught you about? Humanity at large, runners in 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 general, um, that you know maybe you, maybe you learned that from the CrossFit gym gym wherever else the, the, the office place whatever but you know really kind of has has shown through as far as runners are cons- concerned.
0: Yeah, you know I think there is. It's it's funny. I had a I was out running one day and this was for the San Antonio Marathon, and this guy comes running up next to me, younger dude, probably early twenties. And he's like, I passed you a couple of times out here. He's like, how far are you going? It's like, Well, I got 16 miles today. He's like, oh, dude, I got 14. And he just runs with me for a couple of miles. He's asking me all these questions about training. And finally he stops. He gets my number. He's like, let's do a long run next week. I don't know this guy from Adam. Right. <laughs> and, but I agree. He's like, okay, yeah, sure, man. I'll meet up with you and we do uh we do a long run it's something like fifteen miles and uh i I've, I've just his whole life he uh he had had an addiction um some hard drugs had been on and got into distance running similarly to like give himself something that like exhausted him and he could commit to and he was struggling at his job he's wondering if he should change it long way of saying, he to me is like a case study of a thing I come across time and time again, when people talk to me about the running. It is rarely that they're talking to me about the running. There is something else going on in their life. It's like they have let themselves drift to a place that they they aren't in love with. And they feel, they can sense that they need to become the engine of their own life in some way. And, and for some reason, the physical challenge goes with that people are like, well, it's like a movie montage, I'm going to get up early, I'm going to hit the road, and then like, I'll be dedicated to my work. And they think they can pull it all together. And exercise always seems to be part of that mix. But I guess all that to say the people I've come across that have an interest in it just taught me that we're all going through a struggle. And it can be it can be major, it can be minor, but there is almost always something that is not ideal in our lives. And to a point you made earlier, to to have grace for that and to to not judge the thing I, I say often is I want to measure less and relate more. If I can imagine what it is like to be that other person, and instead of getting caught up in like, oh, they're that fast, or they make that much money, or they are they have this many followers, that tells me nothing about them, right? And you get lost in those things, and all it does is comparison is the thief of joy you to death. And so... It's it's weird that running has b- brought me around to that, but I think it goes back to Sandy telling me. Anybody who's experienced the pain of the road is a runner, and it's like, yeah, we're all the same. We we suffer differently by degree, but not in kind. We all struggle. We all want, And and I don't think I would have known that without lifting up my own burdens voluntarily as said earlier and like really engaging with my struggle. And the first thing I really did that with was running and the other stuff followed. So I'm glad you, you, uh, forewarned this question with philosophical because I feel like I kind of talked around it, but it's, if you've ever been on a long run with somebody, it's like, everybody's got like one hour of material it's somewhere in the second hour of that run, like you start hearing some real shit about their life. I think that's that's where it comes from, man. So I guess that's my answer.
1: Oh, that's a perfect answer. I love the philosophical question question because it's a, it's a bow on things, and today is no exception. So thank you for hearing that. Uh, uh, Dustin Riddle on the socials, uh, and probably Instagram better than X, but again, it's Dustin R R I E. D E S E L all all one word no spaces no underscores none of that nonsense it's just at Dustin Radazel. Uh the book once again is looks like we're running an amateur's Canyon to become becoming a mariner again it's in all the places Audible it's on Spotify that's where I listen to it first time listen to a book on Spotify I, I figured it out you know my <laughs> my old grump grumpy highways uh, Eastwood from Gran Torino self figure out how to read how to listen to a book on Spotify uh, check it out wherever, wherever whatever Format works works for you, and I've some links for for the book, for the socials, and for some of the other things we talked about. Other books, other races, other things, as per usual. this.com slash 1209 We'll get you back to you back to us. We'll have some photos, those there as well. So, Dustin, thank you for uh, for making the time for a little overtime today. We we start a little bit early, we we ended a little bit, but. Um you know sometimes that's what a good long run is all about is you just kind of you're in there in the flow you keep keep it rolling a little bit so thanks for for Huber and, and me thanks for uh, for making the, taking the time um and, and and congratulations on breaking forward in the marathon i don't know if it'll be the next marathon and maybe two three down the, on the road sometime you got to take a take a step back and take a big leap for, leap forward but um i love the attitude i love the perspective and certainly looking forward to staying in, in touch and, and congratulating you and you actually once it happens but but it's to preemptive cuz it, cuz it will happen days. Uh, because for the time today, my friend, and, and nothing but the best for you going forward. I
0: appreciate you, Danny. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much.
1: All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show for putting up with my glitchy audio um, to to listen to Dustin share his story and, and lots of good nuggets, lots of good wisdom, um, assuming probably a lot of takeaways from the things that he had to say. Lord knows I had several takeaways from uh, listening, listening to to Dustin and, and having the opportunity to chat with him. Um, so as always, if you're willing to share what your takeaway was, I would I would love to hear it. You know, always always appreciate a good takeaway uh, because sometimes you know it's it's one of those things where it's pretty the, the thing that stands out to you is you know basically the same thing that stood out to me. Sometimes it's a great opportunity for me to to be reminded of a different takeaway that was probably on my list but didn't make the the final cut, if you will. Um, but still a good takeaway nonetheless. So if you're willing to share your takeaway as always, please let me know. I would love to hear what your takeaway de jour just so happened to be. Ha, gotcha. How many of you said de jour right there? You know, you did. You know, you did. Anyway, my takeaway from today, uh, was when Dustin was talking about, uh, Sisyphus and rolling the rock up the hill and, uh, the quote or the mantra or the saying, was something along the lines of an apologies, Dustin. If I'm butchering it here, but I, th- I think it was because I just listened to it. You'd think I'd, I'd have my memory refreshed. That the the burden voluntarily chosen ceases to be a burden. And I mean, that's that's one of those kind of mind blowing. Like, whoa. Let me stop and think about that for a second. Because because it's it's true, right? Like if if you're take running, right? You you sign up for a goal race, whatever the distance might be, especially especially when it's a new distance, but even if it's not a new distance, if it's, if it's to PR, it's to, to do something, you know, faster, harder, crazier than you've ever done before. It's a challenge. It's a burden. Um, but you're choosing to do it right. So, so yes, it's still hard. Yes. It's, it's maybe not always the most enjoyable thing, but is it a burden? No, because you're, you're, you're choosing to do it. And I just, you know, it, it, when when we were first chatting and, and he said that, like I immediately wrote it down and it's it was rattling around my head then. And now it's, you know, a few days later and I'm putting this together and it's still been rattling around in my head. And, and it's just like I think about all the things in my life, running running and otherwise, where there's times that I don't want to, right? You know, there's, there's, there's times I don't want to go, especially for my long runs. Gosh, I don't like long runs. But there's times I don't want to go for a run. There's times I don't want to do other things. There's times when it's, when it's a challenge, there's times when it's hard, there's times when it sucks, but at the end of the day, it's never a burden, right? Like, because I'm, I'm choosing to do it. I'm choosing to still get out there on the days I don't want to. Sometimes I'm choosing to stay home and that's okay too. Um, but the training, the, the, the race goals, it's not, it's not really a burden, even though it sometimes feels like it because it's voluntary. It's a choice. It's a choice I'm making to lace them up and get out there. And and I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not making any sense. Uh, at least I'm talking clearly at this point. Um, but, gosh, that's a that's a good quote and, and a good reminder when the things that we choose to do are difficult, it's still our choice, right? And maybe Sisyphus didn't have the choice to not keep pushing the rock up the hill. Um, maybe we have the choice to not do whatever it is that we're doing. But come on, we're, if we're talking about running, at least, I mean, I guess we've got the choice to not run. But is that really a choice? Is that really a choice that you're going to make? It's not a choice I'm going to make. So, you know, we'll get it done. Maybe not love it. But at the end of the day, choosing to do it so it's not a burden. I don't know. It probably made zero sense. I don't know that it makes sense in my head. But that quote is still rattling around. And it's a good one. It's a good one. So what stood out to you? Maybe something that you can... You can verbalize better than I can verbalize my takeaway from today. But one way or the other, whatever it was that stood out to you, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At Disruns on Twitter. At Disruns on, I guess it's X. got to stop saying that. At Disruns on X. At Disruns on Instagram. At Disruns on threads. At Disruns on the social medias. That's the easiest way to say it. Um, but feel free to, to tag me in a post there or slide into the DMs. Always love to hear, hear your feedback there. Of course, if you want to shoot me an email, it's disruns at gmail.com. And if you want to head back to the show notes for today, where we got some photos of Dustin. Of course, we got links from things we talked about today, books and, and other various bits and bobs. Uh, of course, there's the show notes, or, you know, there's, there's the write-up that Ellen always does a great job with. And, of course, down there at the bottom of the page, past some links and some other tomfoolery, is the comment section. Feel free to fill that into your little heart's content sharing what your takeaways were. And once again that link to get you there, Dizruns.com slash twelve zero nine. Dizruns.com slash one two zero nine. Make sure you buy a copy of Dustin's book too. It's a good one. It's and and I would say, I don't think I said this in the recording, maybe I did, but get the audio version. You know, like like I'm a, I'm a sucker for having a book in my hands, but a, a well narrated audio book that's that's not super dense in terms of like lots of I, for me, at least, I, I can't do like super dense educational audio books, but something that's that's that flows and is well read, um, and that's what that's what Dustin's book is. So, grab an, an audio copy is my recommendation. But grab a copy one way or the other. Of course, we'll have those links in the show notes today as well. Uh, so, let's wrap this one up, y'all. Once again, uh, no sponsor for today, but thanks again for putting up with my audio nonsense. It has been corrected. I like to think it won't happen again. I mean, I guess I can't guarantee that because I didn't think it was happening this time. But um, procedures are now in place to try to prevent it from happening in the future. And maybe just maybe, maybe 2024 will be the year that I get a new computer, since this computer will then be 10 years old. Maybe it's time to upgrade the technology. Uh, But one way or the other, thanks for putting up with the glitchiness. I appreciate it. Uh, And and I'm I'm confident in saying that Dustin carried the conversation enough that it was worth putting up with me. But uh, anyway, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Dustin and I with you today. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.